everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna, and I'll be the host of this show. The Luna's Galaxy podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast services on Tuesday every two weeks. For this episode, we have four segments, gaming news, what I've been playing, questions, and the topic of the show. Which, for this week's topic of the show, we're going to be talking about the deadly game trope, which, you know, is one of my favorites. So I thought, I'm looking for a short little, a short topic of the show this week, because we do have a lot of Gamescom stuff to cover. But, yeah, that's what I decided on. So that's what we're going with. <laughs> also, um, you might have noticed, you might not have noticed, I don't know how noticeable it is, but um, I got a new mic. So I'm recording using a new mic. I have been using uh, a Blue Yeti. For ever since I started streaming and doing the podcast, that's what I've been using. But I recently upgraded to an Elgato Wave 3. So let me know if it sounds better. I'm, I hope it does. <laughs> I think it sounds better. But uh, be sure to let me know uh, if it's a noticeable difference, if it's a bit of a difference, or if I sound worse because I'm still uh, getting the hang of this. And streaming and recording the podcast, even though... You know, they are pretty similar things when it comes to recording. They also have their own unique challenges that I kind of have to get used to. So I've been streaming and I still run into issues with my audio. So it's it's fun. It's fine. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about some gaming news. So our gaming news this week is really all about Gamescom. So as of the time I am recording this, Gamescom was yesterday. Opening Night Live was yesterday. I co-streamed it, and we had so much fun um, being able to watch events with you guys, like whether it's Gamescom Opening Night Live, which, I, no, it's not the first time I've done this. I was going to say it is, but no, I did do uh, E3 streams as well, but um, it's so much fun watching with you guys and, you know, having the live reactions, not just with myself, but with other people and talking to you guys. I had so much fun. I think the people there also had a lot of fun, <laughs> so... Thank you so much for being there. I just kind of had a moment yesterday where I felt very proud of myself uh, for the community that I have built through streaming and also doing this podcast and content creation and all that. So I just want to say thank you, first of all, uh, even if you weren't there, but especially if you were there, uh, it means a lot to me. I had a lot of fun. But as for the actual announcements, so Gamescom Opening Night Live started off with the Saints Row reboot. And so I've never played a Saints Row game before. So, like, leading up to opening Night Live, I think Jeff was kind of tweeting about how they were going to, going to announce the new Saints Row game. And I was like, eh, like, whatever. That's not really, that's not going to entertain me. That's not my thing. Um, but boy, that trailer, um, that trailer looked really good. And all the characters look queer, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> um, like, the one character, there was this really, like, muscly guy, but he had this helmet that was, like, so cute. Like, if you've ever, if you know Love Live, it reminded me of Rina. Uh, she's one of the Nijisaki girls, and she has this, not a helmet like he does, but, like, this mask sort of thing uh, that has, I don't know how to explain it. It's hard to explain. <laughs> but it's very cute, and it reminded me of her. But he has this helmet, and it just makes these, like, really kawaii faces, if you will. And it's, like, pink. And it was just fantastic. I loved him. So I really liked him. I thought he was great. But also, uh, there were some other characters that looked really cool. I just, I really liked the helmet. 
Um, but all of them looked queer. And, you know, maybe that's just me projecting. <laughs> but, like, look, like, watch that trailer and look at that group of characters and tell me that you don't think that they look at least a bit gay. Because, my God. So that was really what got me there, was that the characters look gay. I'm a gay person. I love gay people. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> they did show off some gameplay, but it was, like, very quick. Uh, not enough to really, I feel like, get anything about what the gameplay is actually going to be like. Um, but I'm very interested. I want to play that game. I'm looking forward to seeing more of that game. And it comes out, I think, February 2022. Like, it is pretty soon. So, that's also pretty exciting. And if you are at all interested, uh, if you've never played a Saints Row game before, actually, on the Epic Game Store right now, you can get uh, Saints Row the Third Remastered for free. Free. I don't know if that's going to still be a thing when the podcast goes up, so maybe I should tweet out about that now. <laughs> Because by the time you're listening, that might not be the case anymore. But I did pick it up. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm gonna play it, but uh, I did pick it up. So who knows? I I might do that. Um, we also got a release date for Halo Infinite is coming out December eighth. So that's cool. Uh, there's a lot of announcements in here where, like, a lot of people in chat were getting very hyped about it, but like it wasn't a personal hype announcement for me. And Halo Infinite was one of those moments because I've never played a Halo game. Uh, same with, like, the Lego Star Wars game. A lot of people in chat were like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't I don't know much about Star Wars and Lego. And there was also a new Marvel game that got announced, which very, very similar. I was like, sorry, I don't really watch movies. <laughs> oh, I'm a nerd, I swear. Just not a movie, Marvel, comic nerd. I'm a different, I'm a different type of nerd. I'm built different. I'm built different. Um... <laughs> So yeah, a lot of these announcements weren't for me, but like overall, it was a really good show. Uh, we also got a release date for Horizon, the New Horizon game. It did get delayed. That is official now. It's coming out February 18th, 2022, which I think is what most of us expected. So cool, 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 cool. Also, uh, Jeff was very excited leading up to opening night live. He was tweeting about how there's going to be a new character revealed for Super Monkey Ball. Uh, the new Super Monkey Ball game, and he seemed very excited about this, and there's a lot of speculation going into opening Night Live about who it was going to be, and I was thinking it was going to be Joker from Persona 5. Uh, it, it just, it, it's the same, it's Sega that does the game, and Sega owns Atlas, so it makes sense, um, but no, it was Morgana from Persona 5, so Morgana from Persona 5 is in Super Monkey Ball. And, you know, it is what it is. Morgana is not... <laughs> Morgana's not my favorite character, personally. Um, I kind of made that clear on stream. It might have been a bit rude. It might have come off as a bit um, uh, cynical. Or, I, like, I'm a Persona 5 hater, which I'm not a Persona 5 hater. I'm just very critical of it. <laughs> and I don't like Morgana. There, I said it. I don't like Morgana. But, um... Yeah, Morgana's in Super Monkey Ball. Also Kiryu, but that was announced at Gamescom. Uh, Kiryu is also from Yakuza. He's in Super Monkey Ball. And I've never played a Super Monkey Ball game before, but uh, it looks like there's a lot of multiplayer, so I might look into it. Maybe that'll be like a new community night game for streams, so we're not always playing Mario Kart. <laughs> because a lot of people seem to like it, and it, look, it looks fun, and it's multiplayer. So we'll see about that. 
So the next game, uh, so other than Saints Row, this is my favorite in the show, is, and I'm not, I'm not sure how to say it, so bear with me, is Dokev? Dokev? I don't know. But the trailer, there was so much happening. So I think it was a K-pop song that was playing throughout it. And I, I don't remember anything other than that said the word rock star a lot of times, uh, but not like the Nickelback rock star. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it looked so much fun. Uh, you have these little characters and they kind of look like Lollafells from Final Fantasy XIV. That was immediately what I thought of. The art style is so cute. Um, they had like skateboards and they were like flying with umbrellas. It, it just looks so good. Like, the environments look so pretty. And it, it just looks... I'm excited. And I think it's... I think I saw on Twitter that it's supposed to release in 2022. But I, I'm not entirely sure about that. I tried looking for the tweet uh, today and I couldn't find it. So, I'm not sure about that. But it looks so good. <laughs> and literally, when we were watching, everyone in chat was like, What the fuck is this? Like, I don't know what's happening, but I want to play it. And so I was looking at uh, the Dokev uh, Twitter account and they tweeted, uh, Dokev was initially introduced as an MMO, but we decided to move the game in a different direction and it's now a creature collecting open world action adventure. So that's pretty exciting. I don't remember seeing this game before. I definitely might have. I don't, because it says initially introduced. So obviously this isn't the first time we're seeing it, but I don't remember it seeing it beforehand so I don't know if it just changed a lot or I don't know but it looks fantastic and I'm very I'm very excited for this game uh and the last bit of news we have at least that I'm interested in is that Jeff Keeley is going to be making a cameo in a Muppets special on Disney plus and I just wanted to throw this in there because I'm happy for him uh, if you've watched the Game Awards in recent years, you will know that, I don't know if it's just the last two years or three years, but it's been happening for a while. Jeff Keighley always gets uh, some sort of Muppet at the Game Awards. Uh, he loves the Muppets, so good for him. Good for you, Jeff, uh, if for some reason you're listening. <laughs> good for you, Jeff. Everyone, everyone clap for Jeff Keighley. He's going to be uh, on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> good for him. So moving on, let's talk about what I've been playing. So I finished A Realm Reborn. I'm currently working on the patch quests. Um, I don't know how long that's going to take. But yeah, I really, I'm really enjoying Final Fantasy XIV. I know, I've, I feel like ever I've been playing it ever since I started the podcast. I could be wrong about that. But I feel like I talk about it every time I go to record. So maybe. <laughs> but um, I really love it. And my sub runs out kind of soon. Uh by the time this episode comes out, I will only have a few days left. So I'm going to take a break from it for a while. Uh, I'm hoping to play some other games in the meantime. But I just don't want to get burnt out because I really love Final Fantasy XIV. But I don't want to get burnt out from it. Because I'm someone where it's like I have to be in the mood to play something. And when you're paying for a sub for a game, it's like even if I'm in the mood to play something else, I'm going to play Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Because it's a monthly sub, so I want to get the most of it. Um, so yeah, that's I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, but yeah, my sub runs out soon, so not for too much longer. I'm hoping I can finish all of the Realm Reborn patch quests, so then 
when I do renew my sub at some point, I can just start off with uh, Heaven's Word, and I think that that would be really fun, really cool, really poggers, if you will. I also started playing Psychonauts. Uh, very fun game, very fun game. So I know a lot of people probably grew up with this game. It was during the PS2 era, although I don't think it actually released on the PS2. I think it was an Xbox game, uh, but that's the era that it came out in. And I'm really, really enjoying it. I started streaming it. Uh, I don't I don't think it's on sale anymore. Maybe check it out. Because I got it for $1 on Steam. Which, you know, cheap as hell. <laughs> it's not too expensive at all to begin with. I think it was $10 on PSN. That's probably the regular price on Steam as well. Um, but yeah, I got it for $1. So I was like, fuck it. Of course, I'm going to give this a shot. Because I, like, this was also the day... Uh, that Psychonauts 2 review started coming out and it was like 8.5, 8 8.9, 9 out of 10, 9.5. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> because I had been interested in Psychonauts for a while. And when the reviews came out, I was like, Ooh, like, I really got to check this out. And then I saw that the game was $1 on Steam. So I was like, of course I'm going to buy it. And it's been a really fun stream game too. Um, it's just a really funny, really charming game. It has... It has the charm of those PS2 era games that I feel like you don't really get anymore, at least not in the same way, and I'm just having so much fun with it. It's a fun platformer. I, like, I really recommend checking it out. If, if you're listening to this and it is still $1 on Steam, uh, it is a steal. <laughs> uh, the one thing is that it is in uh, 4.3. It's not a 1920 by 1080. So when I was streaming it, like the, the game was made for like CRT small TVs from back in the day. So it's uh, it is what it is. <laughs> but I really, really enjoy it. The characters seem to be pretty lovable. There's just so much like funny dialogue. And the game itself is just fun. So I'm looking forward to playing more of that. And then when I finish that, I'm hoping to play Psychonauts 2 because it is on Game Pass. And uh, I do have a free Game Pass thing that I can use that because I got my new laptop last year and I still have some time to use. Uh, there's like a free month of Game Pass that I got with that that I haven't used yet. So uh, when I finish Psychonauts, the first one, I want to play Psychonauts 2 because obviously the reviews have been fantastic and I really like what I've played of the first Psychonauts so far. So very, very exciting. I also want to play uh, 12 Minutes when I get Game Pass because... I've heard, <laughs> I'm sure if you've been keeping up with it, you've heard that, you know, a lot of people were looking forward to this game and there's been, uh, I don't know if controversy is the right word. I haven't played the game myself. I don't know what happens, but, uh, I know some people were really disappointed with how it turned out. Um, so I'm really curious. I want to play it just to sort of see what's up and form my own opinion on it. Maybe let you guys know. <laughs> So yeah, that's really what I've been playing. I stopped playing Near Replicant. Um, I'm going to get back to it at some point, but I don't think I'll stream it again. Uh, I really like Near Replicant. I just don't know if it's a good stream game, if that makes sense. And I'm really enjoying Psychonauts, so I'm going to keep streaming that. <laughs> but yeah, so let's get on to the questions segment for this week. So this week's question is, what's a game or a game series you enjoyed that hasn't had a new release in years you would love to see a sequel for and what would you want out of a sequel and the reason that I was thinking 
of this question was because of Psychonauts. Because the original Psychonauts, I believe, came out, uh, I want to say 16 years ago. I think I saw that on Twitter. Um, but uh, it, it's, been a t- it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time since the original Psychonauts came out. And just now we're getting Psychonauts 2, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, so that's what got me thinking about that. And so I'm going to read some of your answers. So starting off with the Discord answers, as usually. Usually? As usual? As usual. <laughs> um, Adam, wonderful Adam, said, A hotel desk slash last window. Two excellent visual novels that really deserve a finale. Sadly, the company went out of business. Maybe one day. And I've never played these games. And I, when I, I was first reading Adam's answer, I was like, this sounds familiar, but I don't know if I know it. Uh, I had to Google almost all of your answers for this, by the way. I did not know or have not played most of the games <laughs> that you guys brought up. Like the ones that I recognize, like some people said Bioshock and Mass Effect. I was like, obviously I know what those are, but I've never played them. And there was a lot of niche games like these where I was like, I've literally never even heard of these before and I had to Google them. <laughs> so I don't have many answers to read off on the podcast for you guys because I just don't have much to add. <laughs> but uh, I did a quick Google and I was like, oh, I recognize this game. I'm, I think I've like seen it. I don't know if it was like on Tumblr back in the day or something, but like I recognize the art style and stuff and it was giving 999 vibes. So uh, now I kind of want to play that game. <laughs> I kind of want to play that game because it looked really cool when I Googled it. Uh, And I believe Last Window is the sequel to Hotel Dusk, if uh, Wikipedia is to be trusted. Uh, And yeah, they were on the DS, I believe. And so I don't know how possible it would even be to play those games now. Uh, I don't think they were ever remastered, especially if I'm trying to get like a physical version. Like, could I emulate it? Maybe. But um, trying to get a physical version of that, I don't know how that's going to go. But um, really interesting. I think I want to play it. <laughs> and then both Owen and V, uh, Oblivion, said Ape Escape, which is another game that I think I should play. Because when I was streaming Psychonauts, uh, Oblivion was in the chat. And she was saying that it was giving her Ape Escape vibes. And from what I know of Ape Escape, it is another platformer game. And it's from that era of games as well. And it looks really fun. So I want to play it at some point. I think it'd be cool to see a sequel. <laughs> Let's see what other answers we have. Uh, from Tolly Zoo. Tolly Zoo says Parasite Eve. We'd love to see a rational sequel to the original. Uh, Parasite Eve 2 didn't capitalize on what made the first great, instead opting to be more like Resident Evil. And the main character suffered for it. The PSP follow-up, Third Birthday, was very gratuitous and off-brand. Give me an earnest Parasite Eve remake slash follow up without compromising the main character. I haven't played Parasite Eve yet, <laughs> of course, but um, I have bought it because I remember when uh, this was a few months ago, I want to say uh, the rumors started coming out that PlayStation was going to close the PS3, PSP and PS Vita uh, PSN stores. I was like, okay, I gotta get some games. And I think the only one I ended up getting was Parasite Eve. Um, (laughs) So I want to play that soon. October is approaching. So I'll probably play Parasite Eve kind of soon. Very exciting. But uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I know people have been wanting to see more Parasite Eve recently. And I'm definitely interested in it. 
Um, I don't know much about the sequels, but um, just from what you're saying here, it almost gives, like, Corpse Party vibes because um, I love the first Corpse Party and even Book of Shadows. I think that they are fantastic horror games. But once I got to Blood Drive, like, I think one of the great things about the first two Corpse Party games is that they feel very grounded. Um, you know, they're just, they're just high school students that did a charm, and now they're trapped in this hellish school. You know, totally plausible situation. But then you get to Blood Drive, and, and like, okay, I should also say, that like, all of the main characters, you know, they're all wearing, like, the school uniform. They're just... They're not too dramatic for the most part. They're, they're, there's, like, a few characters that I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. But for the most part, the first Corpse Party game is pretty grounded in, like, its storytelling. You know, it's all about the school. It's not really about the outside of the school and the world at large. <laughs> but when you get to Blood Drive, um, it's, like, all of the groundedness, I think, that made the first game so good is just thrown out the fucking window. Um, it feels like they're just pulling things out of their ass, and there's these characters that are introduced that are just so, you know, it is an anime game, but that are so out of place, (laughs) and, like, just extra and weird, um, you know, the first game, and even the characters that are in the first game that are in uh, Blood Drive, you know, they just got their school uniforms, they're, they're normal, question mark, teenagers, um, then there are these characters in Blood Drive that have, like, their tits out. And I'm not even speaking just tits out, but, like, <laughs> just these really weird character designs that are not at all realistic or grounded and fit the vibe that I feel like Corpse Party up to that point had established. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And they just introduced so many things that felt so weird because going into blood drive, I was like, I feel like there's like, I know what direction they're going to take because you know, so-and-so game ended up this way and I can just see it carrying on this way. You know, it makes sense. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't do that at all. It takes it a completely different direction and it just, it feels like they kind of lost what made the first corpse party so good kind of went on a rant there (laughs) and honestly in October I'm probably going to do a whole podcast about my thoughts on Corpse Party because boy do I have a lot uh but anyway let's get on to some Twitter answers so at JD Mill said the Legend of Dragoon is one that always comes to mind it came out in 2000 here in North America and never got a sequel it had a really underrated story and a fun battle system I love a sequel slash prequel that expands the world or story and maybe speeds up but builds on the battle system. And this was one that I'm not too familiar with. I ha- I just kind of Googled and looked at the trailer on YouTube. And it it's giving Final Fantasy vibes. It is a JRPG. Um, it, it just, it really gives me Final Fantasy vibes. That, that, that's what I'm going to say. Um, and I, when I was looking at the comments, <laughs> uh, the YouTube comments on the trailer, everyone was saying, like, it was on the best JRPGs and, like, they really loved it. So I might check that out because I don't know much about it, but it seems kind of cool. So... Uh, we have another one from at Telominus. Telominus. I'm not, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say that. Uh, Telominus. Okay, I'm gonna stop trying to pronounce this and just get to the answer because 
I'm probably causing you pain and myself pain by trying to say it. Um, but she says the SSX series, it's a humorous snowboarding game or was I'd like basically the same as SSX tricky and gameplay, more levels, free riding like, like SS, SSX three. This is a tongue twister and collectibles, but fluffy snow feels as in latest SSX. <laughs> and I never owned an SSX game. That is so hard to say. Um, but I remember, and this is a weird memory. Uh, I was at my uncle's house one time and he had an SSX, SSX game and I played it. I don't remember much else. I remember like the box art for it and it was like on the PS2 and I just remember being like, oh, this is cool. And it's just a really weird memory that I have now. I also have a memory of playing Simpson Simpsons Hit and Run on the PS2 when he was babysitting me one time when I was like, I don't know, seven. Um, fun times. <laughs> but yeah, I think that'd be cool too. And actually there was a, I, I, like I said, I haven't played much of SSX, so this might be completely, completely wrong. But there was a game at Gamescom and I can't remember what it was called, but it was giving SSX vibes. They they were like biking. There was some snowboarding. Oh my god, I can't remember what it's called. R Rider is it Riders Republic? That feels wrong. Let me Google it. It has an open beta right now. I think it is Riders Republic. I think I was right. Yeah, Riders Republic. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so there's like biking and snowboarding, and that was kind of what it was making me think of. But anyway, <laughs> uh, my answer to this week's question of the week is Dance Dance Revolution. I want a new DDR game. And if you follow me on Twitter, if you've known me for a while, you're going to know this. I fucking love DDR. I play DDR, like, not every day. <laughs> but, like, if I want to exercise, DDR is what I go to. I play DDR. Uh, for those of you that aren't too familiar with Dance Dance Revolution, um, there was a lot of Dance Dance Revolution games during the PlayStation 2 era. I, there was uh, some, and there might have been one or two on, like, the PlayStation 1, and there was a few during the PS3, uh, Xbox 360, and Wii era as well, but that's when they started to die down. They were a lot less popular. Um, it was sort of the death of the series, at least in the West, and at least on console. But the PS2 DDR games are fucking fantastic. <laughs> uh, I grew up playing DDR. Uh, Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2 is the GOAT. <laughs> uh, I actually recently rebought it because, I, like I said, I've been playing the games since I was a kid. And my PS2 copy was fucked because I didn't take care of my games back in the day. Uh, they were just not in cases. They were all over the place. They're scratched so badly. And so I had to, like, rebuy the game to even play it. But Dance Dance Revolution Extreme 2 is fantastic. Um, I've, I own, I think, most <laughs> of the DDR PS2 games. Uh, Supernova, Supernova 2, uh, the first Extreme, DDR Max 2. Uh, there, there's so many good DDR games. And I really, really want a new one. And actually, uh, you might know DDR as an arcade game. Uh, I forgot to actually explain what DDR is. Whoops. Um, but if you've ever seen, like, a dance pad, uh, you basically have to step on the dance pad to the arrows, 
and it's very, very fun. <laughs> and a lot of the music is, there are some Western songs, there's some Western pop songs, but there's a lot of, like, remixes, um, more Japanese-style songs. Uh, it's just so good. <laughs> it's just so good. And I will say, I think one of the reasons that DDR started to fall off was because uh, I didn't play uh, the only of the newer DDR game. I say newer, it was on the Wii. Um, but, you know, past the PS2 era, um, there was a game on the Wii, and I remember not liking the songs as much, and I think it was because they started going a bit too Western, like, it's like, they started to forget what made DDR so good, like, it didn't have, like, Paranoia, or Butterfly, or really any of those iconic DDR songs, um, but I just want a new DDR game, I really do, um, it's my favorite way to exercise, but not only that, it's just so much fun, and, like, imagine if they put trophies, like, imagine if it came out on PS5 and had trophies, like, I would platinum that shit, <laughs> I'd have so much fun with it, I would be so fit, my god, <laughs> um, it, it's just so much fun, and I think if they were to do a new DDR game, and I, I severely doubt it would ever happen, but if they were to do a new DDR game, um, I, like I said, I want them to have a lot of the iconic DDR songs. I want Paranoia, I want Butterfly, I want Captain Jack songs, I want, uh, I don't know how to say it, Naoki, I want those songs, really iconic ones like 1988, um, there, there's other ones, there's a lot actually. Uh, before you, <laughs> a lot of those songs. If, if you're a DDR fan like me, you might know what I'm talking about. Um, but there's so many good DDR songs, even the Western ones, like Get Busy by Sean Paul. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. They actually had, uh, Dance Dance by Follow Boy in one of the Supernova games. He Said, She Said by Ashley Tisdale, iconic. There's so many good songs in the older DDR games. I think it'd be fantastic. Like, they could literally just put out a game that has all the same assets as the PS2 games, but just has, like, all the songs. So, like, all the songs from the Supernova games, Extreme, Max, all of that. You don't have to change anything. Like, you can keep the graphics the exact same. You can keep the beat maps the exact same. <laughs> I don't care. Just give me a new DDR game. <laughs> but, um, I will say that there actually has been more DDR stuff in Japan, there hasn't been any console releases, unfortunately, because, like, boy, I would import that shit. <laughs> but um, there has been DDR arcades. Uh, that is still a thing. There are still uh, new th new things coming out of that. But it's really unfortunate. And uh, there is, like, Step Mania. And I think there are ways to play uh, the Japan arcade games or even just the beat maps on PC. But it's a whole process that I don't want to get it get into um but like if you google not google but like just go on youtube because i do this all the time and look up like ddr song list uh you will see uh the ps2 games uh the song list to go through it all it's usually about 10 minutes those videos are usually about 10 minutes but um the newer ddr games like the arcade games and some of the stuff that you can play on pc through questionable methods um those song lists are like 46 minutes to go through like it is crazy so like oh my god I'd be so fucking happy you guys I really want a new GDR game I don't know how long I've been talking about this but I feel like it's probably been too long but um yeah Konami 
because Konami is uh, the company that makes DDR. Uh, Konami, I'm literally begging you. I will forgive all the questionable things you have done over the years if you give me a new DDR game. <laughs> but I also want to shout out uh, Spyro. Because uh, we have gotten the Reignited trilogy, similar to the Crash Insane trilogy. And the reason why I bring up Spyro, uh, and I don't know if I write off all the answers, but a lot of people did mention those sort of older 3D platforming games as their answer that have been lost to time. Um, but uh, yeah, we have gotten the Spyro Reignited trilogy, but I think about how good Crash 4 was, right? Because Crash was very much in the same boat as some of these other games for a while, where he kind of died during the PS2 era because uh, just bad games. <laughs> just bad games, to be honest. And I feel like they didn't really know where to take the series next. They were losing track of what made the series good. All that kind of stuff. But Crash 4 was came out uh, in 2020. Was that 2020? I think it was 2020. Yeah, it was 2020. Um, when Crash 4 came out, Crash 4, it's about time, and that game was so fucking good, like, that's my favorite Crash game, and that is saying something, because I have a lot of nostalgia for the other games, and it was just fantastic, the level design, uh, the aesthetic, the graphics, the gameplay, it is, it is amazing, and I would love to see what they could do with the new Spyro game as well, because Spyro and Crash were very much in the same boat for most of their lifetime, where, you know, you have those iconic first three games on the PS1, then you get to the PS2 when everything goes downhill, because uh, they were sold off to other companies, and it, it was just kind of a mess. But they did both get recently brought back into the spotlight in recent years, and so I would love to see a new Spyro game. I don't know how possible it is, but they did make a new Crash game. So I don't want to give up hope yet, but I do think that Spyro is currently owned by Activision, unfortunately. And as I'm sure some of you know, Activision, like all of their dev teams are working on Call of Duty at the moment, which isn't to say that they aren't working on other things, but I, I don't want to get hopeful <laughs> for a new Spyro game, but I would love to see it. I would love to see it because Crash 4 was so, so good. And, you know, I think Spyro could also be really fucking good. Uh, so many games that we need sequels of, but unfortunately we might never get sequels of. It's, it's kind of sad. It is. <laughs> they are products of their time. And, you know, I think sometimes that can be for the better. But, you know, we all love nostalgia. <laughs> um, so for topic of the show, and this is probably going to be quite short, but I just wanted to throw it in here as kind of like a little bonus. I want to talk about the deadly game trope uh, because I recently read Battle Royale and I know you're thinking, Emmy, I don't care. I do not read. <laughs> but I'm telling you guys, Battle Royale, there's also a movie. Um, Battle Royale is a book, also a movie, about these grade nines there in Japan or uh, what the book calls the Republic of Greater East Asia, I believe. And... Uh, the government does this thing called a program where I think it's every year. I can't remember uh, the exact criteria, but um, every so often there is a group of these grade nines that are forced to kill each other and go into a battle royale and there can only be one winner. And it's a very heavy book. <laughs> it is very, uh, it's a lot to handle. 
I'm not gonna lie. It can be very gruesome, as I'm sure you would expect, but, um, so good. So good. It's also a pretty long book, but, oh my god. It's, even though it's a lot to handle, it was also easy to read. Like, the writing style is very good, and I read the remastered version. Uh, there are, I think, two translations of it, because it is originally a Japanese book. Um, the original translation, from what I've heard, is not great, so if you are interested at all, in reading Battle Royale, pick up the remastered version. That's what I read. It is fucking fantastic. Um, but yeah, fun times. Just some grade nines being forced to kill each other. <laughs> but it got me thinking because, um, as I'm sure a lot of you know, if uh, you've just interacted with me, watched my streams, listened to the podcast, seen me tweet on the Twitter, um, one of my favorite tropes in video games, I think just media in general, is the deadly game trope. And Battle Royale isn't, I don't know if it's the start of this trope, but it is definitely a for, like one of the, the medias, I will say, because it's a book and a movie, so I don't really know what the fuck to say. It's not a video game, which is what I usually talk about. But um, it is uh, something that really popularized the deadly game trope. And, you know, even uh, thinking about this, uh, the deadly game trope, almost all the examples I can think of are from Japan, which is where Battle Royale obviously was written. So just interesting to think about. <laughs> but uh, Battle Royale, the book, was released in the 90s. Very, very controversial uh, when it came out. I, was, I wasn't alive. <laughs> I was not alive at that time. But I was reading up on it because I just find it really interesting. I'm a nerd, you know? Um, and it was very controversial at the time because there are ninth graders killing each other. It's very gruesome. It is, you know, what effect is this going to have on the kids? And it's just so good. <laughs> like, I don't know what it psychologically says about me that this is one of my favorite tropes. But um, I just want to shout out some other games that also use this trope, but in different ways. Uh, the World Ends With You also uses the deadly game trope, and I have played most of The World Ends With You, but I'm going to be honest, I don't remember much about it. Uh, but there is the chance of dying in the, uh, what is it, the Reapers game, I want to say. Uh, so that does fit in the trope. We also have Danganronpa, which I'm sure more of you are familiar with. Um, kind of similar to Battle Royale in that it's high school students being forced to kill each other, but it is also very different. In Battle Royale, there's a lot less rules. So with Danganronpa, if you aren't familiar, um, you can only kill so many people at a time. I think the max is two, and then they'll hold a class trial, and they have to figure out who killed who. And that's kind of the basis. The basis? The basis. The basis of the game. <laughs> Whereas with Battle Royale, it is just a fucking free-for-all. Uh, you know, no one cares who killed who. You just have to win. So it is similar in that there's only supposed to be one person that comes out on top. There's only supposed to be one winner. You have to kill, whatever. But Battle Royale is is very different from Danganronpa. Um, another example is the Zero Escape games, uh, the Nonary game, the Decision game in the Zero Escape series. Um, and what's interesting with Zero Escape is that you don't have to die. Like, it's not in the rules that people have to die. So I think, is that also the case for The World Ends With You? I'm not sure. But, you know, Battle Royale and Danganronpa is expected that people are going to die. That's part of the game is, a, like, a vital part of these games. Whereas with Zero Escape, uh, theoretically, everyone could live. 
because people aren't being forced to kill each other. Um, they are being forced to escape so that they don't die. So it is very different. Um, I know when I was streaming Zero Time Dilemma, a lot of people said it was like anime saw. So it is different. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there it is still the potential to die, whether, you know, I'm going to use nine hours, nine persons, nine doors as an example, whether it is... Um, you know, you go into a door and you don't uh, deactivate or activate, I can't remember, uh, deactivate like the red and then the bomb goes off in you. Like that's a possibility. That's a way that you could die. Um, the other people in the game could kill you even though it's not a part of the rules. Um, you know, fuck it. They might kill you. <laughs> um, or just you don't reach the number nine door in time and then the boat sinks and you're fucking dead. That's always a possibility. So once again, pretty different. Um, another example is World End Club. And most of World End Club doesn't follow this. But at the very beginning, there is a quote-unquote killing game. Uh, I don't remember the details of it because it's not the focus of World End Club. But the beginning does start off in a game that is kind of like the deadly game trope. Um, they have to find out each other's tasks. And if you fail at your task, you die, but you don't really die. Um, it's... It's not a big focus in World End Club, but it is another example that I'm familiar with, so I thought I'd bring it up anyway. Um, also, The Hunger Games, not a video game, obviously, but um, another, you know, another form of media, book slash movie, that uses the deadly game trope. And actually, uh, when The Hunger Games was getting really popular, um, there was a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but the people that had read Battle Royale were kind of like, bro like is this just copying battle royale um but there are differences obviously there are also a lot of similarities obviously <laughs> but i think there's enough differences for them to stand on their own um and i actually when i was reading up on the wiki i found it was really interesting that they were thinking about i don't know if it was remaking battle royale like just in japanese or if they were thinking about westernizing battle royale but it was actually around the time that The Hunger Games was becoming popular and that movie was coming out. And they were like, uh, we have to put this off. Like, we can't do this. <laughs> because they were like, the Westerners. The Westerners are going to think that we are copying The Hunger Games. And like I said, I don't know how true that is. But it sounds true. I just seen it on the wiki. Because uh, <laughs> you know that that would happen. Even if, you know, you put like you made it known that battle royale actually came out in the 90s way before the hunger games uh, people would still say that it was copying the hunger games <laughs> so yeah but uh the reason why i want to talk about this this trope is that reading battle royale it really i think battle royale does a really good job of this and it helped me realize why i really like this trope um one of the main themes in battle royale is about trusting people um when you're in these fucked up games. <laughs> so, um, there's a lot that happens in Battle Royale where, uh, and the interesting thing about Battle Royale is that they follow the perspective of a lot of different characters. Um, there's, there is one protagonist, but every chapter, not every chapter, but there are a lot of chapters where you're reading from someone else's perspective. Um, even if it's just for one chapter, you get to know a character and, you know, they're in this game and they're trying to decide, you know, if they run into someone, can I trust them? Am I going to kill them? Are they going to kill me? Do I just run away? Like, what the fuck do I do? And, you know, there are some in instances in Battle Royale where, you know, this character decides to trust someone and it gets them killed. 
or <laughs> or the opposite of that. They decide to trust someone and then they make it really far. And I just thought it was very interesting. And you can see these themes, obviously, in Danganronpa, in Zero Escape, and all these things um, by deciding if you are going to trust someone. And that decision is very important because it will either be the death of you or it will be how you escape, how you get through this, how you survive. Um, but it's very risky. And it just stood out to me a lot in Battle Royale. And I feel like to go any deeper than that would be spoilers for Battle Royale. So if you are at all interested, if it at all, if it at all sounds interesting to you, I, I think that you should read Battle Royale. It is fantastic. Um, <laughs> if not, there is a movie. I haven't gotten to watching it yet. But you know, it's two hours. It's a lot less time to commit than reading the book. <laughs> so check it out. I just, I just thought I'd bring it up and let you guys know because I thought it was really good. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it for our topic of the show this week. I don't think I have anything else to add. Uh, check out Battle Royale, check out Danganronpa and Zero Escape. I love them. <laughs> but anyway... Thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me out a lot. And I did see that some of you did give me a five-star rating. So thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I'll be back on Tuesday, September 14th for the next episode where we'll be discussing who knows what. Um, can we just talk about how crazy it is that it is almost September? I mean, God, by the time this episode comes out, I think it's like August 31st is when that says, holy shit, it's almost September. Time is flying and I hate it because that means I have to go back to university. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server. Uh, link is in the description. You can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch, where I'm at Emmy Luna Games. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.